It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey everybody, John Barcher checking in with you and I am getting so excited because football is right around the corner. We are just days away from seeing Kirk Coupons, aka Kirk Cousins, throw some dirt balls, kick up some worms. I can't wait. And if real football is right around the corner, that also means that fantasy football is right around the corner. And there's no better way to play fantasy football than with our friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest this Sunday that is 100% free. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion with a B. Billion. That means we're buying a yacht. That means we're going someplace hot. That means we are drinking fancy drinks with umbrellas in them for the rest of our lives. And that is all courtesy of of DraftKings. So get to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code BGNR to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. That's promo code BGNR to play for your shot to win $1 billion this Sunday. The contest is totally free to enter, so why wouldn't you try it? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to BGN Radio. Slot to the near side. Wentz looks. Fires. Complete. Jeffrey. Touchdown. Quick slam. Kurt is obviously an important part of our organization and it's important to our team and fans to know where we stand. We made Kurt an offer that included <laughs> the highest fully guaranteed amount upon signing for a quarterback in NFL history. But despite our repeated attempts, we have not received any offer from Kurt's agent this year. <laughs> Kurt. Crut, whatever the fuck your name is. Yeah, Kurt, why didn't you give them a call, Kurt, you jerk? Like, yeah. Way to go, Kurt. Yeah, Kurt. All right, well, we're going to be talking about the Redskins because it's week one of the regular season. Eagles and the Washington Redskins squaring off in Washington. I'm Vince Quinn with John Barchard. Woo-hoo! It's BGN 258. 
Can't believe we made it to 258. Well, you guys made it. I'm, oh, I just opted. No, you're in. You're in. You're you're already you assimilated and uh, the osmosis. So you've also done 258 shows with us. All right, great. It's just that's how it works around here. All right, we back time it. I like yeah. that. Pay is the same way too. Is what I that's, hear. It's true. All right, so so many things with with this game. Washington is such a peculiar team, right? Like they go from they had four and twelve the one seed of 2000, uh, 2014. Then they come out of nowhere in 2015, 9-17, making the playoffs. They won the NFC East in 2015. While, I might add, converting their number one quarterback to third-team safety that year. In uh, yeah. Oh, that's it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, all, all these wacky moves. Last year, they end up just missing the cut, 8-7-1. They tied the Bengals. But... Uh, Washington is just such a peculiar team. So before we really get into how they match up with the Eagles here, and we'll certainly do that, you, you got to reflect on like what this team's really gone through in the last couple of months because it's it's incredibly tumultuous. Like the major moves here, and this this is just a brief list. I mean, seriously, like so you're dealing with your GM getting set up as being an alcoholic again, which he was not. Yeah, and then he gets fired. Uh, Amazing follow on Twitter, however, now that he's on there. He is. At no, Scott McLaughlin. A, a, absolutely. <laughs> if you're not following him on Twitter, uh, we, I don't know. We can get the handle out somewhere. Yeah. I don't have it offhand, but he's worth a follow. Uh, defensive coordinator Joe Barry, out, fired. Then you've got Sean McVay, who they liked and was their offensive coordinator. He's the head coach of the Rams. So now you've got Jay Gruden having to fill in and, and call plays on top of his typical duties. Then the other names you're looking at. Pierre Garçon, gone. Deshaun Jackson, gone. Chris Baker, screw that guy, gone. Uh, <laughs> both of their starting safeties changed. So there's so many things that when you look at this organization and what they were four months ago and what they are today, I mean, it is just a radically different franchise. Yeah, two. I mean, and you even said it right there. I mean, you have two different starting outside wide receivers. Now, granted, it's Terrell Pryor, and that was a big, you know, free agent acquisition. And I'm sure there, there was a ton of Eagles fans who might have even preferred him at eight million dollars versus Alshon Jeffrey for fourteen in one year, and Torrey Smith and the whole group. But there are so many different changes with this Washington squad that I'm not exactly sure. And I'm, I, and and that's the one team I still can't figure out. I still think they're going to be in the bottom, uh, and I I'm not exactly sure what that means in terms of records. Maybe that's seven wins. Maybe that ends up being eight and the division's really strong again and it's all crazy. But yeah. I just don't see this team as completely put together uh, because of the replacements. We've seen that happen so many times in Philadelphia and other different franchises. Unless you are a top-five quarterback that it's really seamless and you're like, yeah, whatever, just give me more weapons and I'll, I'll put it in your hands and it'll be fine – this is going to probably take some time again. Like, I'm not exactly sure where they stand, but from the outside looking in, and probably, honestly, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're really being self-aware with some Eagles goggles on here, looking at this going, man, this is really dysfunctional. All of what happened, Dan Snyder getting his hands back on this team, Bruce Allen getting his hands back on this team, it's not good for this franchise. So that, as an Eagles fan, makes me so much more confident that this is just going to be a bad season for them. You know what I think of with Washington? Just as you're describing all of these things for me, I are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Uh, I, yeah, slightly, yes. All right, well, I'm that nerd. And they have this character, Gollum, 
And like he's this good guy, and he's like, well, he, I know who Gollum yeah, is. So like, good God, yeah. I don't know. So like, Gollum's a, he's like this well-being guy. On, on occasion, he's just like, oh, I want to help the master, whatever. Like he's he's a weird guy, but uh, then he just got these nasty moments, and he can't help himself, and it just explodes. And that's what Washington is, like Dan, Dan Snyder. Snyder yeah, yeah. yeah, he just Dan Snyder's can't. Gollum. Man, we need it. Let's put that on a T-shirt. I come up with nothing but evil analogies for Dan <laughs> Snyder when I'm on these shows. Well, last time it was uh, it was Kim Jong Un is who I compared oh, yeah, him yeah. to, that was and good too. and now Gollum. So that's the kind of guy he is, though. And you see how he's just gotten a team that looked pretty strong and stable and reasonably young, and he just ripped it like the the fracture with Kurt. Cousins, That's <laughs> as they keep calling it, like <laughs> it's irreparable. That's your franchise quarterback. He's gone when this season's over. I don't care what they pay him. I yeah. imagine he's gone. So yes. he's going to San Francisco. And look, I—that's the other thing I can't understand. That of one, you probably could call him out, and you played that clip from a while ago. And unless we forget, like who does that and expects things to be okay? I know. And. Just as we were talking about, like, you went up and drafted a guy and took a chance on RG3, and you had uh, Cousins as the backup, and the backup fucking worked. It worked. <laughs> it got people to a point it, two years ago where it's like, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or would you ha rather have Kirk Cousins on ESPN? And you're going like, what the fuck world am I living in? But it worked, and it still works. And although I can make fun of him, He's been a very effective, and he's put up numbers, 4,500 yards and, you know, whatever, 27 TDs and, yeah. and four, 10 interceptions or whatever it is. He's had a really good career in Washington, and I can't believe that they are going to screw this up, which in in turn, I, I don't – how does this play in to Cousin Psyche? Because I can't – I don't know if he doesn't care and if he's just going to go ball out because who cares or – it's like, ah, I really don't like these guys anyway. I know I'm not going to be here. And don't don't let anybody fool you. He does not want to be there. No. There's no way. No. He either wants to make $30 million while he's there or he wants to get out of there. So I, I don't know what what is what do you what do you think his mentality is this season? Well, yeah, it's like if he if you found the girl that rejected him in high school and then you brought her over to him and just had him kick just kick him square in the dick. Like that's I mean that's kind of the relationship that yeah. they have. It's it's just a complete disaster over there. So you're looking at all these things and and it's so weird because on the surface when you're talking about the Eagles versus the Redskins, you think, well, this is such a big game and it's kind of scary because they've lost the last 5 games. Washington in a single evening of 60 minutes of terrible football from the Eagles, they killed a head coach. Mm. So uh, they've done that. They've won five straight. I mean, it just really has felt hopeless against Washington, and that's kind of the mindset. But when you look at how much these things changed, again, a new GM, a new D coordinator, a new offensive coordinator, your best receiving options, both of them, like all yeah. of these different things have changed, and it's such an entirely different feel for this team that when you say, what kind of chances do the Eagles have here? You, f you should feel far better than you did 10 minutes ago. I mean, this is a totally different operation. I love Josh Doxson. I think he was one of the best. I think he still is the best wide receiver of that class. And that was, you know, with the uh, – who else was in there? Shoot, now I'm forgetting it for some reason. I'll come back to that Treadwell in a second. Was oh, yeah, the Treadwell was in Treadwell And was, Sterling Shepard was in there? An enormous bust. <laughs> <laughs> that so Treadwell far, yeah. has, has ended up being, and I was I was writing his uh, his I was I had him and Doxon as one A one B with uh, with Doxon with the slight edge, but yeah, I mean like, and I like Terrell Pryor, I do, I and I 
and honestly, I think Washington has the most underrated offensive line in the NFL. I think it's a I think at its best it's a top 5 offensive line. I really do believe yeah. that. And uh with that being said though, you're telling me that you can just up and replace 130 plus catches from Garcon and Deshaun Jackson and whatever it is, 11 touchdowns or 12 touchdowns that they had per season together, not to mention that Pierre Garcon was the go-to guy who would get the tough catches, the tough yards. I don't know if they have that, uh, but I will say uh, everybody's focus this week has been on those two guys, and it needs to stop being that. It needs to be Crowder, and it needs to be Reed, because those are the two guys that are going to beat this squad up, at least in my opinion. Okay, well, let's yeah, let's talk about that, because the most intriguing person to me, I, I spent some time to think about, you know, because there, there are so many matchups, and there's so many questions you have just about the Eagles themselves. We haven't seen them play a game yet, really, so we don't know what the hell the team is, honestly. <laughs> no, like, we don't. Yeah, you get these flashes and whatever. So, to be here now, week one, you, you have all these questions anyway, and I look at the roster, and I look at this Washington team, and I, it's what matters? Who's the most important here? It's Patrick Robinson. Yeah. And people are going to go, oh, come on, dude. That's the truth right now. In week one, whoever the slot corner is, is probably the difference maker in this football game, well, whether or not they have a good game or not. Yeah, because here's the thing. If Robinson comes out, as much as they like this transition. Well, now we just absolutely, we absolutely, Darby's going to get torched now that we said that, right? Jalen Mills <laughs> and Darby are just going to get lit up. But I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, like, if he comes out and he gets torched the first quarter, the first half, and then it gets to the point where they say, okay, well, now we're going to get Jenkins and we're going to put him on Crowder, a guy who's repeatedly killed the or Eagles. Or McDougal. Uh, yeah, whatever yeah, happens there. Yeah, or whatever. But, like, if it gets to the point, you know, it could change the way the alignments go. If it does, because I would just figure Jenkins might be their next option because he's done it before and they've liked Graham enough to keep him on the roster. So we've seen three three safety sets. So then you're changing the whole dynamic of your defense because now you're replacing two guys for the sake of replacing one. And the way they play that, if they rotate Robinson and all, it, it, the slot position is the most interesting thing defensively against a an offense from Washington that, yes, it's lost a little bit, but it does have weapons. So uh, it's something that we'll have to keep an eye on. Now, with Terrell Pryor, like, I like Terrell Pryor. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> or at least, at least, at least it seems like he's a really nice guy. He is in the conference call. I mean, I can't, I can't what tell you, that? I can't tell you how many times he said "God bless you guys" in the conference call today. So that's exciting. He's a nice guy. That sounded like, yeah, she's fat, but she's <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not like that. And he's talented. He can do what he, he does. What he does. Although I do think, like that, whole, I, that was never really addressed in the offseason either. That there was some like whispers, like, hey, uh, we're getting. We don't want to re-sign Terrell Pryor because he's a huge dick in the locker room, and that's the real reason why we're getting rid of him. Washington doesn't care if you're a dick. You just go, right? Like, that's been their yeah. MO for a long time. So maybe there's – I don't know. It's been weird. Yes. Never got figured out. So, well, let's talk about it because Terrell Pryor, the thing for him at this point in his career, because he's really only played one year as a wide receiver. So when you're looking at it, you think – Okay, well, he's been in the league a couple of years, and he's this big body and all this stuff. The, the truth of the matter is Terrell Pryor's a guy that does still need to develop. He is a little bit raw. Yeah, at 27. I yeah. know. Yeah. So he is a project still. And when you consider the matchup of him and a guy like Ronald Darby, well, what is Darby? He is raw athleticism. The guy is fast. He's, he's a little bit tall for the position. He's got the ability to jump and contest. 
Like, that Devontae Parker pass. I mean, Parker's a great athlete, and that was a perfectly placed ball, yeah. so it's hard to get to. But it was very well defended. And so when I think of what's going to happen here with the matchup between Pryor and a guy like Darby, I'm, I am not as concerned as I am with, with Crowder and Reed. It seems like Darby can at least hold his own in this yeah. regard. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because today, and I think Teron actually asked him the question, and he almost kind of like semi-took offense to it for a moment. It was a totally valid question by Teron. He goes, you know, you're growing up with these, against these big wide receivers and Doxon and, and, and Pryor, and he's just like, man, I've been playing corner forever. Are you kidding me? I was at FSU. I had to go up against Kelvin Benjamin at practice every day. I, I, I go up against, you know, Alshon in practice every day. It's I have a 41-inch vertical. All right, I can jump. I'm pretty fast. I'm just going to play it like I would. I know how to play this game, and I love that response. I, I love that, like, man, you guys need to chill out with this stuff. I know what I'm doing, and that's basically how he answered that. And I, I believe him. I buy it. We know that, that Darby is going to have, one, dropped interceptions, get used to it, and when he does, it'll, it'll be great. And the second thing is, yeah, there's always going to be a mismatch in height, but he makes up for it in vertical, in speed, and his instincts. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. Yeah, that's something we're going to have to accept the, the fact of the matter. Like, if you run down the list of the wide receivers that the Eagles play this year, there's a lot of big names or at very least very big people, like 6'4 kind of wide receivers. And that's just the nature of the position now. So to be a six-foot corner, like you're a little bit big as a corner, you are undersized, and, and there's really not much you can do about it. There's only like two six-four corners in the league, and they're over 30. So, uh, you know, as long as you have the athleticism to compete with those guys, which Darby does, you take it for what it's worth, and it'll just be technique and how well the balls are thrown and all that. And But to your point real quick, I think that the biggest matchup problem for the Eagles is, again, it's Jalen Mills covering Crowder because that's – that's a complete mismatch, in my opinion. I think that you have a guy that in in Jalen Mills who loves to compete, who's great at keeping things in front of him, uh, and Crowder's all speed, and his route running is ridiculous. So I think that's I think they're going to exploit that all game long as much as they possibly can, and 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 I don't feel that's what I mean. I don't feel comfortable with Jalen Mills on Crowder. So you might have to you might see some swaps here in between there. Because there's a lot of speed on, on the outside, despite Deshaun Jackson not being here. Yeah, I, I would hope that you see a lot of Crowder with, I mean, well, it's going to be hopefully Robinson a little bit more as the slot guy. I don't know. We'll, we'll <laughs> see, like, I, I would rather see Mills yeah. on Doxson and, and go from there. But l let's talk about the guy who's throwing the ball around a little bit. Because Kirk Cousins is a truly intriguing guy. He put up almost 5,000 yards last year, John. I mean, 4,917 yards. Great in fantasy. 67% completion. 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. It's amazing that, like, probably he would have been he would have been a lead, league leader in, in completions if it wasn't for two-yard Sam Bradford, I believe. That's amazing. And, yeah. by the way, he had 406 completions last yeah. year. 600-plus so, attempts, too, I think, throughout the yeah, year. Yeah, 606 attempts on the year wow. and 8.1 yards in attempt, so he's not dinking and dunking right. the ball. They were seventh in the league just overall in terms of passing attempts. But here's the interesting thing, and, and this is also going to be, as much as we're talking about for the Eagles defense, the importance of the slot. Kirk Cousins last year was sacked 23 times. Amazing. It's the fourth lowest number in the entire NFL last year. One point four on average per game. So I'm telling you, don't sleep on that offensive line, y'all. I know it's it's ridiculous. They're a really good group, and so when you look at the Skins line and you see Cousins 
And you look at the Eagles in in the counter of it. I mean, man, the way the Eagles have built up for getting sacks, like this is a really good test early on to see how much they're actually going to be able to pressure good teams because Cousins doesn't get sacked. He still has receiving talent all across the board. It's not like Jordan Reed's uh, injured and it's late in the year. It's a healthy offensive line from the Skins. They're a good one. And, like, for the Eagles side, you you got Jernigan in here to pressure the quarterback. It's to help Fletcher Cox so he can pressure the quarterback. Derek Barnett, pressure the quarterback. There's a theme here. And so I need to see, like, if the Eagles win this game, I got to see three stacks on the board. Something to that, you know, the sacks, pressures, they really need to be in his face. And it's not just uh, something that's indicative of the game itself, but really for the season, I want to see really good pressure. Yeah, and it's, you know, you're dealing with Brandon Sheriff from the University of Iowa, who is, (laughs) again, a a, a top five pick, and people kind of went, nah. And he, you know, he went immediately from right tackle to guard, and he stayed there ever since. And that's an issue. You have Morgan Moses on that side. You got, and obviously the the one we're forgetting that's most prevalent in Trent Williams over there. So it's you know they, you got your word cut out for you, Vinnie Curry. Wherever you're at, this is this is the time to start, you know, g- going in there and doing those things, and to finally have just like you said, Vince. This is a great test of you know Jim Schwartz said. It, it, the, the 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 ability of Jer- Jernigan being in there allows more one on ones for Cox and vice versa, and or for Brandon Graham or for whoever. So they need to win so many times one on one that they have to keep shifting. Like, all right, we can't let this dude through anymore, and that has to open some things up. And that's where I really want to see how exactly Jim Schwartz is going to adjust to this because we know that Washington is is not all dink and dunk, but it's efficient passing. And it's quick, and it's there, and it's whatever, and then they take their deep shots. I want to see what he does a little different this go around because it, it the the main you can shut down the strength of this defense pretty quickly. We saw that when the Eagles played Green Bay last year of just just keep attacking, make it fast, and exploit the linebackers, which you still can do even though Jordan Hicks is going to be good to go, and this entire team is healthy and good to go. Uh, I, I still think that that middle of the field where Jordan Reed comes in is really where you're going to attack these guys, and hopefully um, you know, we, we see some differences in there. I'm not saying blitzes, but I'm just saying winning one-on-one battles and just you know may, maybe throwing some some slot blitzes and bring the safety down every now and again just to mix it up. Well, yeah, we've seen a little bit of that so far in the preseason. We've seen corner blitzes. We've seen Michael Kendricks blitzing a couple of times. We've seen safety blitzes where Malcolm Jenkins deflected one of the balls. It was him or McLeod deflected one of the balls that Kendricks ultimately picked. Yeah. So he has given a little bit of that, and that pressure game will be fascinating to watch because the pieces really are there defensively. Like. You have corner. You have enough at the cornerback position now. You've got a solid linebacking group. You've got solid safeties, and you've added so much to this line. So there's really no excuse for Schwartz anymore. You can't say that. Well, we're a pressure system, and we didn't get time. You should get enough time now that it, you know three seconds to get to the quarterback. It's going to be there. So it's really important. And and for Schwartz, here's the other thing too. It's always this balancing act, right? Like you're such an aggressive. We want to sack the quarterback. Like these are these are dogs in front of raw meat, kind of you know that old <laughs> dumb stereotype. Like it, it's that kind of thing. It's the idea of these guys are usually in the game to rush the passer. That's disrupt at least. And so when when you do that, teams counter it. And one way that we've seen it done a lot is the screen game, right? Like 
How many times last year was it a little dump off to the side, whether it was Aaron Rodgers doing a wide receiver screen, or you, it could have been Washington with a guy like Chris Thompson, who is a really fun, under-the-radar receiving back. Uh, those kinds of guys can really bust you open. So you're, you're dealing with the screen game. And the other thing is, and this was the big problem for the Eagles last year, it's balancing this defense against Washington's running game. Because last year, the first time the Eagles played the Skins, I mean, dear God, that was it felt apocalyptic. Like oh, yes, it was Fat it, Rob just said, "Yeah, just like it was." Uh, he was like running through nothing, and and that nothing. was the the funny thing about Washington's running game. It was bad last year until they got to the Eagles, and then it ended up being okay. And they in spurts, it was effective, but overall, it wasn't great, which is really weird because I'm sitting here praising the offensive line, and it didn't produce a ton. It did okay. It was somewhere around like. It was just under five yards of carry, but again, they didn't run the football a ton because they were thrown a lot, and that's pretty, you know, predictive of the league anyway. And hey, guess what? Get used to that here in Philadelphia too. But uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit too. But there, I just think with the addition of Fat Rob and also Samaje uh, P Ryan, it's and he's had a really good preseason, and I actually expect him to take over that number one role. Eventually, and Fat Rob will kind of be the the complementary back to that. Yeah, they I I think they have beefed it up now to a point where there is enough dynamic where, and they'll probably have to go to that early. I, I would assume that they're going to run the ball early and, and and try to get the momentum going and then take their shots down the field just to kind of see where it is and what it happens and take that as I just call them the an underrated offensive line uh, or excuse me offensive line out for a spin to see what happens. I really like their running ability. So, with the running ability, this is the thing. Uh, who's the running back? It's a guy named, they call him Fat Rob Kelly. Yeah, he, He's Fat a, Rob. a big, bulky, strong kind of runner. And you got, I mean, while the numbers haven't quite been there, they are a really strong kind of mauling line at times. And we've seen it against the Eagles. Uh, last year, they gave up over 200 yards. I think it was over 230 yards on the ground in a single game to Washington. It was like seven yards a carry. Uh, incredibly disgraceful performance. And part of that, and, and this is the interesting dynamic here, is that Benny Logan got injured early in that game and didn't finish it. And once that happened, then the floodgates really opened yeah, up. It was really bad. Well, where's Benny Logan this year? He's he's not in town. Right. And so what you and what you've replaced him with, and what the scheme is really asked for, which is part of why they did it, is it's Tim Jernigan. It's this other complementary pass rushing disruptive defensive tackle. So now that you've got this scheme really a hundred percent in in Schwartz's image now because he's been running it for this is his second season. GM Schwartz, you mean? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like now, now that he's had that time, and you see now the defensive line's gotten a little smaller. I, I wonder. I wonder about the running game, and, and it is a good group. It's Rob Kelly, Chris Thompson, Samaje Pirine, and and the, the crazy thing is Matt Jones, who was one of the guys he started seven games for Washington last year. He got cut. He gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's a free agent uh, at the moment. I, I think. can't actually. Somebody picked did, him did up. Someone, on a, I think, they should have. Oh, Baltimore, I think, picked him. Okay, up. Okay. Yeah, he's an interesting yeah. talent. But anyway, so so their running game. Yeah, Rob Kelly is a guy that he is. He is a bit of a bulky dude. He averaged four point two yards per carry last year. Ultimately, seven hundred and two yards with six touchdowns for the season. Now, for what it's worth, in terms of scheming against Washington and what they're going to be doing. Kelly's not a reception guy. No, definitely not. Like, yeah. 
like we deal with this problem here in Philly, right? Where all these guys have roles. Like Garrett Blunt has a role, Sproles has a role. Uh, we're gonna figure out what the other five guys do. Maybe one gets water and the other gets Gatorade and the other one fans people. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know, I don't yeah, know what we're gonna do with all those don't guys. Don't know about that yet either. It, there's a lot of them, but you know they have roles. And Washington does have a bit of a similar situation where Kelly is clearly going to be your running guy. You only had. 12 receptions last year, in, and he played 15 games and started nine of them. So 12 receptions. Yeah. So all the receptions are going to pretty much go Chris Thompson's way. So so that's a benefit. But, man, I mean, if you had to do like an over-under, let's say in your average game it's something like 85 yards. Per, I mean, are we going over 85 yards rushing here? Because I tend to lean that way. Uh, I would say uh, – <laughs> I would say that's probably the mark that I had in my head, regardless of this game. I think that they the Eagles can hold them. Uh, they should hold them under un, under a hundred. I mean, honestly, with with what they've kind of done and tinkered with, and we forget about like imagine who was setting the edge last year. You know, you had Connor Barwin out there setting edges, and Vinnie Curry setting edges, and it's it's just different now. It, it, maybe it's the rookie in Derek Barnett. Maybe it's Chris Long. But you have guys that like really do set awesome parameters to fill up and get in the middle, and it should be two, three-yard gains at a time. There shouldn't be a huge burst of anything that's that's coming out there. And and maybe, I don't know, maybe they, they, they break one off, but I don't expect them to have a ton of success running the football, even though I, I do like what they have back there. I think under 100 is, is what they should be, and that's what I expect in this football game. Okay, and, and that will be big, so... We've covered, you know, we've covered a lot of ground here talking about the the Skins offense and what they're going to do. Let's turn it around, right? Because hey, oh I'm- yeah, I want to get into the offense and stuff too. But I tell you what, before we do that, before we do that, because I know that there is somebody for the very first time we are doing this and joining up. Uh, as you guys know, the uh, the Patreon dot com, and we have some other news of that uh, after we get into more of the preview show and things of that nature. But uh, patreon.com slash BGN radio. We are, uh, if you are one of our $25 subscribers, the big dogs, as we like to call it, uh, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity to come on and, and chat some egos with us. And we are so honored that the first Patreon co host, special guest host, uh, one might be a hurricane chaser. Uh, we're going to figure that out. But it is <laughs> our good friend, Stephen Lee, down in Florida. Stephen, buddy, what's going on down there, buddy? Why haven't you left yet, first of all? Uh, as as intriguing as it sounds, John, and first of all, thanks for having me. It's an honor to uh, to kick off the Patreon guest uh, hosting here. Of course. Um, I am not a storm chaser. I love the movie Twister back in the day, <laughs> but that's uh, that's about the extent of that. I'm hightailing my butt out of here tomorrow morning. Okay, good. And with everybody in hand, too, you know, the— uh, yes. girlfriend and pets and cars and, and all the that. dog and the belongings and let's get out of here. Okay, good. Yeah, don't stick around for that. But uh, what you will stick around for, and he told me right before we came on the air here, is he's he's he knows he's good because he needs to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl before he dies. And listen, we want you to survive no matter what. So what <laughs> is what is your expectation for this season now that we're finally done with the preseason? We're you know we're we're chomping at the bit here to to break this small Washington curse that's happening. What's your outlook on the season? Uh, season as a whole, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. I oh think come on, that- I hate that. You're either optimistic or you're cautious about what's happening. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. There we the go. One thing that scares me, John, it, it's the schedule. I, again, I feel like it's a really tough stretch, and 
but again, the one thing that I'm really comfortable with is I think that we're probably the most balanced we've been in years. And I think that we have an ascending quarterback. I think there's stability along the offensive line. I think that quarterback's finally got some toys to play with. And I think defensively, and again, I always harp on this when I call in into you guys on Saturday, it's like the cornerback position has been so atrocious for nearly a decade. And, and it's, it's really comforting to see youth there and talent. I, I do think that it is, is going to be a talented secondary. Obviously, the safety position um, seems like it's, it's locked in. I just think that we're a balanced team. I think that you know last year, if you were to look at the schedule, most, most people wouldn't have uh, had us beating Pittsburgh. Uh, the Atlanta game, when they started to heat up, that was a game where it's like, well, they're probably not going to win that. But then you lose games like Detroit or you lose twice to the Redskins. So you, you never really know what you're going to get. There's always going to be those one trap game, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but I think I think 10 and 6 is reasonable, man. Yeah, I think 10 and 6 is reasonable, too. And I, I mean, like I, have a, I still have them at a, at a game under because I just feel like Something, like you said, the schedule, uh, you're going to have some random goocher that's in there. Somebody's going to get hurt. A strength will end up being a weakness. It just kind of, it's how the NFL season goes. And I'm not, I, I do think that I'm right there with you with a nice balance. Although I, I, I don't know if you will ever, and, and the thing that's going to, and I think I, I, I'm either going to, I've already talked about this or I'm going to talk about it again. But I think that this is just be prepared for the offense to throw a lot of footballs because I just don't think the running backs are going to be that much more impactful than what we saw last year. That has a lot to do with the offensive line. Uh, it's a good thing that Carson Wentz actually has NFL wide receivers to throw to, and I do agree, especially when you bring up the safeties. I think that's the very underrated part about this defense thus far and and, and kind of taken for granted just how good uh, McLeod and Jenkins are together, and I think Darby – kind of changes all of that, and you know that very well, being an FSU guy yourself and being down in Florida. Uh, that's right. And uh, just kind of the impact that he makes for those safeties to go make plays, and I think that's a very underrated part of this. And, you know, as much as I'm I'm still very skeptical about how, how Jalen Mills is going to work out, that uh, it, it feels a lot better heading into the season. I want to stick with the running backs, though, uh, because you had brought up that, uh, you know, are you really looking forward to Wendell Smallwood kind of, I don't want to say breakout, but eventually I just guess being the guy that they go to this season? I am, and I'm going to be honest. I think that if the run game is going to be successful for this team this year, it, to me at least, rests almost squarely on the shoulders of Smallwood. Uh, I don't think a healthy blunt is is necessarily an upgrade over a healthy Ryan Matthews, and, and we don't know what Corey Clement is going to look like when the bullets are flying. I think when you saw Smallwood play last year, he played well. Uh, he also seemed to play best when the team consistently fed him, though. To me, he's the type of back that you need to get touches early on in the game. You know, you look at the loss in Dallas last year and his key fumble, and I really think that was more of a result of just kind of throwing him out there at an inopportune time. You know, he admitted, too, that like most rookies, he kind of hit that wall and endurance ended up being an issue. Uh, but I do think that another year in the league and now knowing what to expect will help him a lot. Now, again, uh, one of the main concerns I have with him, and it's a big one, is uh, pass protection. You know, he's not going to be on the field long if he can't block. And, and you kind of saw a little bit of that in the Miami game. As a pure runner, though, to me, he's already the best on this team. And it's it's not very close. Yeah, I, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just the the uh, his durability is still a, a big issue for me his size is still an issue for me uh, I think he's a great complimentary back I just don't think that there's anything here to really complement him with including Blunt including Sproles 
And, uh, yeah, just like you said, they need to get somebody going early, and they need to hope that that hot hand basically stays hot. And maybe that's the case where Wendell Smallwood, you see a lot of them in the passing game, much like you would Sproles and a bunch of other things there too. So uh, we, we, you, you had said 10-6. and six. Uh, you were, you're feeling pretty good about this season. What's your take on, on Washington in week one as they start out here? Uh, it's tricky. Uh, you know, it's insane to me that it's been three years since we beat this team. And uh, even in the last game that we won, I mean, it came right down to the wire. And Cousins was like, you know, nine and nine to start the game off. Um, uh, their offense is predicated on the quick strike and, and meticulously kind of carving you up play by play. So that in itself kind of neutralizes our pass rush. So you really need your corners to take that quick catch away. And I think that's why someone like Jalen Mills, and I know you mentioned him earlier, I think that that that, that might be a, a bigger factor in this game because he's actually pretty physical uh, off the line, and I think he's a good tackler. You know, the lack of a deep threat in Deshaun's also going to help tremendously. You know, we keep hearing about Josh Doxson, but this kid has caught, you know, two career uh, passes for 66 yards. And, um, you know, we know firsthand that it's not always the easiest thing for uh, a first round wide receiver to jump in the league and make an immediate splash. So I think that uh, I like our chances. You just never know, man. They finished 26th in rushing last year, but bulldozed us for 200 plus on the ground the first time we played them. You know, so uh, I think outside the loss of Garcon and Jackson, uh, the loss of Sean McVay will kind of impact them a little bit more than people think as well. You know, he's been their OC the past three seasons, and, and it could be argued that he was just as critical to their offensive success as uh, Jay Gruden. And that's where the you know the, where the real offensive genius police stand up because I I hope that's true because uh, you know the short passing game has really been able to to hamper this Eagles squad. Um, you know when it when it comes to Washington, and I'm fully with you. I think that people are just. Saying like, oh yeah, just plug and replace. We've seen that before. We've we've seen what happens when you can plug and replace Deshaun Jackson. It doesn't really work out that well. Terrell Pryor's is is excellent and sure for the right price. I, I still think I would have wanted him here. I think uh, Crowder is highly underrated, and I think he's going to be highly involved in that offense with Agreed. those with those two guys departing. So uh, definitely uh, for your fantasy lineup, he's he needs to be in there somewhere. And I'm I'm not sure what to make of Josh Doxson either. I loved him. He was my number one wide receiver coming out of uh, what was that two years ago now. Uh, but the mm-hmm. injury, the injuries were always there. And you're right. I mean, just to have that kind of uh, impact where they're where they're going to do that immediately is is something else. And on the flip side, you know, with Alshon and with, and with Norman, I uh, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, more looking forward to your health and safety, Stephen Lee. Please get out of Florida safely, and uh, we thank you so much for kicking this thing off with us this season. And, again, uh, it's uh, simple to uh, get up here and join. Patreon.com slash BGN Radio. Uh, Stephen Lee has been one of our loyal followers and loyal subscribers and uh, went to the big dog tier, and that's why he is here. There's plenty of different stuff there for you as we've announced a couple of new shows uh, coming your way for $5 subscribers and above that. Stephen Lee, take care of yourself, buddy. We'll hopefully get a win uh, for you and your travels as you're – what are you heading to, North Carolina for, for safety? Is that what's happening? I'm going to Greensboro, North Carolina. Like uh, girlfriend, Gump. sister's up there, so uh, no hotel prices, none of that fun stuff. So. Well, hopefully there's a, a TV signal and uh, we're all thinking of you, bud. Thanks for checking in with us today. John, thank you very much for having me, and I will be tuning in at 10 p.m. tonight on NFL Network hey, to see hey. your lovely face, my friend. There it is. Uh, by the time people hear this, uh, it uh, it's already over, so hopefully you DVR'd it. Uh, it's me talking about Tom Brady, your favorite uh, quarterback runs. ever. <laughs> reruns, reruns, reruns. Stephen Lee, we appreciate it, buddy. Oh, shout out your Twitter handle real quick, too. 
I am at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, underscore Lee, L-E-E, 20. There it is. We'll see, we'll catch you later, buddy. Take care, John. All right, so thanks to Stephen Lee for joining the show. Hey, for the Patreon people, look, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff for you guys this yes. year. So what, and including, I'm going to be doing an NFC East show. Every, the Beast. The Beast. Every single week of the season, and maybe beyond. We'll see where it goes, but... Uh, certainly during the season, I'm going to give you an update of what's going on with all of the other teams in the NFC East. So, you know, hey, look, we're looking at the skins this week. It's week one. But I want to know what they're doing throughout the year. So I will share that with you, uh, what all these teams are up to, what Zeke's court case is going to be, I guess. <laughs> like, there's going to be all sorts of things we get into. So that will be for our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're in for $5 or up, you will get that show included with your monthly donation. And we thank you guys for it. So we yeah. want to give you more. So that gives. So now we have The Beast. Now we have Eagle After Dark. And uh, starting next week. We will be doing our bonus show. We're going to call it the fourth quarter because it's cheesy and it works. Uh, <laughs> the fourth quarter, which is going to be the additional topics that we get into after the show. So we'll always have a bonus topic, 10, 15 minutes, and that'll be there as well all season long. It'll start with the post-game show next week. It'll be a lot of fun. And exclusively for you, the Patreon subscriber. Correct. So... We're going to keep building shows, man. This is this is fun. This, this is what we do. We cannot believe that, one, we're a daily show now, which is still yeah, freaking me daily, out. We're daily, man. And trust me, I get sweaty pits thinking about it every single day, but it's so much fun to do, and now we're adding on to that, and this season's going to be crazy. And just real quick before we get into the offensive stuff, too, we had two major announcements this the, uh, today. One, uh, for all the Eagles home games, y'all, we are going to be at the Jetro parking lot two hours before game time to kick off. So for 1 o'clock games, we'll be there at 11, and we'll be done by 1, and you get to roll in the stadium. And if you don't have a ticket, we're trying to get a TV down there so we can just all hang out and watch and drink beers <laughs> and, be awesome. and do a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so that is happening every home game. Plus, starting Sunday on the WIP Facebook page, page which you should go to right now and like it we are having the bgn radio game day show which is going to focus from well it's going to be on sunday morning 8 a.m to 9 30 a.m and we are just going to go through everything your fantasy lineups the gambling lines the nfl lines and oh man i can't wait to get in the nfl picks it's the first nfl pick in the season ring the bell baby it's it's here and then we'll also get into just regular eagles pregame talk with whatever is happening so that's the WIP Facebook uh, page, eight, uh, uh, excuse me, 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. every Sunday. It's going to be great. Yeah, so a lot of things going on. And, and now, John, we finally get to talk about the Eagles offense. Ah, uh, yes. Game one of the regular season. It's, it's finally here. And, with, like, we've had so much time to just sit and think of, I mean, just think of the wide receiver hysteria when free agency hit. Mm. It was like, oh, maybe we're going to get Deshaun back. We're going to get Deshaun. Deshaun's going to be the guy. Oh, it's no, Kenny now Britt. it's Kenny Britt. It's Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt. Yeah. It's Kenny Britt. It's Kenny Britt. It's Kenny Britt. Oh, Kenny Britt was never interested. Sorry. Yep. Like, so, what so happened? Oh, no. So so we go through all of these crazy dream scenarios, and then we finally get Alshon Jeffrey, and then Torrey Smith's brought in. And, like, it, it's just as all of this is built up, like, Garrett Blunt, like, 
you you just fantasize about all this stuff. It's just like, just get me there. Let's let's see these guys practice. Now let's see these guys play. And to finally go through all of that and be here, at this point, I got to say, like, as, as I have to expect something from the offense this week, I expect a damn good performance. Yeah, and, and I, I'm expecting big things as well because let's just get this straight, first of all. This is where I feel most confident about this football team is Alshon Jeffrey against Josh Norman because he is going to light that motherfucker up. <laughs> I said it. I said it. I'm pumped. It's week one. I, I want nothing but slants and nothing but fade routes if they get into the red zone. Just all day long, just throw the ball that way because he's going to win. He is going to win. Now, granted, if Carson Wentz doesn't have one of his real weird overthrows and draft Twitter freaks out, don't want any of that. I'm not asking for that. But I think that is the best exploitable matchup. And I know we have, hey, John, wait a minute. That is Josh Norman. That is a very good corner. And, yes, I would agree with you. I think he is still a good corner despite, you know, like, oh, he's overrated now that he's not in Carolina. I don't believe that. But I see what my eyes see. And they can explain to you ways like, oh, yeah, there was uh, there's a lot where Josh Norman won and there's a lot where Alshon Jeffrey won. Bullshit. Alshon Jeffrey kicked his ass with subpar quarterbacks. That is what I'm looking forward to the most. I want to see. I can't tell you. This has been the worst offseason in terms of, like, I just want to see it. I want to see Carson Wentz throw to a goddamn wide receiver that belongs in the NFL, and this is it. I have such a bad itch, and my armpits are just rank and stanky. They my are. My crotch is all red hot and, and bothered. I just <laughs> I need to see this thing. I want to dunk on draft Twitter so badly, and that's that's what's uh, the three months of just frustration, and I'm putting a lot into this football game against this particular corner, but I want to see it, and I can't wait to see it, Vince. I just can't stop thinking about crotches <laughs> in your armpits. I'm just, I, I'm blown away. Visualization, folks. Mm, yes, mm. and the smells to go with it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I am, no, I'm super pumped for this, because this is, the like, the last time we saw this it was 2004 with Terrell Owens that was it that that was your star receiver that you brought in and we and, didn't even get a cracker to eat this preseason about what that could eventually be yeah I know we we weren't getting that opening play huck it down the field like when this finally goes down and we get that first touchdown from Jeffrey I mean like my heart's just gonna explode I, I've been waiting, and we've all been waiting for this. And so I might break a window. I, honestly, like I might get so I might, ah, I might get so fired up. I'm probably going to owe Spike Eskin a lot of money because I usually watch the games here at the WIP studio, and it's usually you know with Rob Cherry, who's not the, the most excitable guy in the world. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will, but it will be interesting. And we did while we didn't get the Jeffrey like you know completion in the corner of the end zone kind of thing that we've we've obsessed about. We did get the Torrey Smith deep ball. Yeah, we did. And so while you're already saying that, hey, Alshon Jeffries owned Josh Norman, well, the other thing is, let's talk about the other side of the field because Brashawn Breland is not that fast. He's not, and then I, but he's still I, – I, there are parts – I'm going to say something weird. There are parts of his game which I think are so much better than Josh Norman, but you're right. He doesn't have the lateral movement, the lateral speed a lot of the time. But, it, uh-huh. again, it's in the same vein of the Jalen Mills thing where he's very competitive. And, uh, again, it was one of the guys uh, I wish he was, was an eagle when he got drafted, and then they well, didn't do that either. But uh, And I think that was the Eric Rowe year. So I, I, really, I really have no arguments only with myself. But I think that 
I, I agree, though. I think that that is also, and I think it is the most schlepped on thing from a national perspective with this Eagles offense is Torrey Smith. I don't think that they understand how important and how much of an upgrade it was from last year to have a certified number two wide receiver, even though, you know, when we think of number twos, we think of Macklin and all those guys and putting up a thousand yards. I don't really expect that so much, but I really do think he's going to be a reliable part of this offense. Yeah, so we're going to get an, a look at him and really see, because like, let's be real, as much as I was, I was thrilled to see that touchdown, that, what, 50-something yard touchdown yeah. that he had the other week, that, that was great. I, I'm still, like, those San Francisco numbers haven't gone away. But yep. to get this chance now to see him out there, to see him against a guy that, yeah, I, hey, like, I think Breland's been solid, too, at times, and, and I've... I don't know. I don't feel great about it all the time, but that he's a redskin. But in this case, to have a guy who is really speedy, who's very likely going to be matched up against him, that does give you an outlet to stretch the field. You can really, if they can force that early and, and take a shot so they're worried about it. Because here's the other thing, too it's not just that you've got Alshon who can go deep. You've got Torrey Smith who can go deep. You've got Aguilar who's an all pro Hall of Famer already. Um, but you've like they <laughs> they've I almost slipped that by. Wow, that was I was like I was so surprised that's our last conversation. I said it very convincingly. Yeah. Um, but they have two new safeties in Washington. So when you're replacing both of your starters, Duke Iannaccio is gone. Dante Whitner gone. Now their big signing in the regard was DJ Swearinger. Now you might have heard of DJ Swearinger. He's a young guy. And he had a pretty good season last year in Arizona. He's also been on like four or five different teams in that time. So he's a guy that's moved around the league a lot, had one good year, got a little bit of money, and is in Washington. So you've got two new corners back there, and they're going to have to deal with the pressure as well of this wide receiving core from a team that we both know the Eagles are going to throw the ball a lot, and that's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, and it's amazing that when we were talking about the dysfunction of everything that's going on, and granted this is out of their control and. Uh, you know, I, I I wish him well, but a 22 year old safety retiring days before the season started in Cravens. Yeah, you know, and you're just going like, huh, that's really strange. But that's like, you know, he's dealt with concussions his entire career through college, and he got dinged up a couple of times last year, uh, and it's just so like. Okay, and now and now you have DJ, and now you have these guys, and, and it. I think everyone was so caught off guard by that, and it's just another distraction leading in into this week where you're like, man, I, I, I really, if there are going to be matchup problems between, I think the offensive line and their defensive line, big time, uh, in in some spots, uh, and that might affect the passing game. But I really like the wide receivers versus the secondary in this game. You absolutely hit the nail on the head there. You know, I don't I don't know how they're exactly going to position it. And on top of that, again, new D coordinators. You know, add all those things together and it's just like I I don't know, there's too many there's too many moving parts like you said. Yeah, and again, like this is a defense that really did struggle last year because they did fire their coordinator. They were 28th in total yardage last season. They gave up more first downs than anybody in the entire league. Last season, and and again, it it seems it's you almost forget because they dominate us, and it's a you know it's a team that looked like it had some upside, but they they gave up a 
more first downs than anybody. 25th in the league in passing yardage last year. 27th in the league in rushing yards per attempt. So this is a team that has struggled a lot on the defensive side of the ball. For the Eagles being such an aggressive offense, this is going to be their time to really go out there and sling it around, and they're going to have to win the game through the air. And so uh, I'm excited for that. I think it is ultimately advantage Eagles when it comes to those matchups. And I, I'm, ex- I'm just excited to see them out there. But how about this? Because we did the most important player on the defensive side of the ball, and we really just said the slot, whoever it's going to be. Sure. So Patrick Robinson, if it's going to be Mills in there for a little bit, Jenkins, whoever. Offensively, if you're picking one guy to say, like, this is the one person that I need to keep my eye on, this is the key to success, and, and look, you can go Wentz if you want, but but who is it? Oh, for for the Eagles on the yeah, offensive Eagles side, Eagles against the Skins, uh, offense versus defense. I I think I'm gonna say, man, that's really. I'm gonna go. I I, I think I'm gonna stick with Stephen Lee because he really liked Wendell Smallwood, and I still think that's probably the most important piece, at least for this game, because I don't see Legarrette having immediate success if he's out there ready to go. They have to establish. Some running game. They really do. Yeah. These are guys that are going to, you know, Kerrigan can just go back and tee off. And granted, it's Lane Johnson's back there, so we haven't really seen that in an in a, in a entire season. But still, you know, that's that's still something you got to worry about. Uh, and I'm really curious, too, speaking of that, and I, I, I don't know what's happening with Jonathan Allen, you know, because you had Murphy, who's on suspension for PTs and all that. But, you know, you have a rookie that has – uh, a, a lot of Eagles fans wanted almost been like, oh man, he, sh- he should have been the guy over Derek Barnett. That was a very popular take right after the draft. Well, I think you were one of those guys too. I right? wouldn't have had a problem <laughs> with it, John. So he's going to go up against JP. Mostly, he fits right into the starting role. I'm really curious how those two things kind of work out uh, in this uh, in this thing here. But I think I think Wendell Smallwood and I think Torrey Smith are the two keys to. The game is, but we know I, I we know Alshon's gonna uh, hopefully, in my opinion, gonna ball out. But those are the other two guys that I think also, along with Wentz, uh, is gonna make this game really successful for the Eagles. Yeah, Smallwood was my guy. I I really I think he's just such an interesting player. He's gonna have to carry a workload for this team, and he, and he's gonna be a special teams contributor as well. So if he's back there returning kicks and and maybe doing some punt work as well, like. The value that he's going to have for this team to show me something in week one because there is a lot riding on him, uh, I need to see it. And to present that threat that opens up the deep game and all that stuff, it's all there. So uh, we're pretty much on the same page. And with that said, let's go to the picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL picks on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Who do we have up first, John, in our uh, NFL lineup here? Let's go to the Thursday night game because Ooh. we won't get a chance otherwise when you're listening to us on the WIP show, which is, by the way, on Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. The uh, We're, we're going to have the additional pick segment uh, as well, so we're getting this one in early. It opened at minus 8. It is in New England. Tom Brady is probably still thirsty because he always is. He just can't get enough. Opened at minus eight. It has traveled to a minus nine. New England minus nine versus Kansas City. And uh, I gotta say, I, I don't, I don't, I, I hate this line. I think it's disgusting. I'm taking Big Red to cover, not to win, but I think they're gonna cover in the opening night of the NFL season. 
Yeah, and Big Red's no slouch, and to have all this time to prepare for New England, he's played against them a bunch of times. It, I I can't imagine. Look, I get it, Gronk's healthy, New England's the, the big juggernaut, there's these 16-0 theories, but like, put all that in the garbage. Reed's a good coach, Kansas City is a solid team, even though they're not flashy, nine points is a lot. No, I, I can't do it. It's, it's Kansas City covered. Also, bonus, I think Alex Smith gets his ankle twisted in the third quarter. Pat Mahomes comes in and makes it a little closer. And you have a quarterback controversy in week one, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go to Detroit, Rock City, as this is an interesting one, Vince. Okay. Because it opened at minus two and a half for Detroit, the solid home favorite, still in Arizona line. It has now moved to a minus one in favor of the Cardinals. What do you like the Cardinals heading into Detroit week one? Wow. Uh, for a playoff team the year before to go down like that in the first game of the season is interesting because they haven't had any major changes, as best I can recall. Um, Arizona is a team that, uh, man, I, I want to get on the Arizona bandwagon, but they've lost so many defensive pieces. Carson Palmer's like 39, and he's a ragdoll. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with I'm going with Detroit. Wow, look at that. Going against Vegas. Yeah, and the money. Vegas. Suck it. I'm going Detroit. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, ring the bell! Hey, it's the first one of the season. I uh, I don't like the line movement that much. That was a little crazy. It was always kind of leaning towards Arizona to begin with. I think Matt Stafford and his big fat contract are going to screw this one up somehow. Because it's Detroit. It's Detroit. And Arizona will somehow come out with this one. On a narrow edge, I like them being the minus one favorite, so I am taking the Cardinals. Now, let's travel all the way out west and go to Seattle, where our friend Max Rappaport is probably having a wonderful cup of coffee at this point in time. It opened at minus three. Vince Quinn, it has stayed at minus three. Seattle getting the the natural home favorite at minus three against Green Bay. Opening week, it's a 425 start. No one knows if Rawls is going to go. Does that mean Fat Eddie Lacy is going to get the start? I have all three or four running backs on my fantasy team <laughs> waiting to see who starts. Who do you like in this one? I I want, like, it's so hard to go against Aaron Rodgers for anything. But it, it's also very hard to go against Seattle at home always. And that's and that's where my heart's going. I, I You got to go with Seattle. And the other thing is, like, uh, I mean, I'm the Eddie Lacy apologist of the world. I still believe in the guy, and I think with because you're both fans of Chinese food. Yeah, we go out occasionally together, and he's got one end of the low main, and I've got the other, and you know, it's <laughs> it's hot. But <laughs> wait, a very important part here: chicken, shrimp, beef, or well, no, vegetable. Oh, combo! Come on, you get combo you get all little, four. You get a little like you get a little pork and beef, or you do chicken and beef, or you know, you get a, you get one and the other. Look at you! All right. Yeah, I'm a mishmasher by trade. So, uh, when I'm looking at this, yeah, I think Seattle made some pretty good additions. Look, they just added Sheldon Richardson to that defensive line. Pretty are, sickening. Are you kidding me? I don't care how short of a window it is for the turnaround. It's Sheldon freaking Richardson next to Michael Bennett on the defensive line in Seattle with that secondary that they had. Like, they're such a well-built defense, and they just got ridiculously good for this year. They're going for it, and it's going to start with a statement in a big game of 425 in Seattle. They beat Green Bay. Yeah, not to mention. I'll take the line. Not to mention the rallying around Michael Bennett after what happened this week, which is completely absurd. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Seattle. I think every single one of them is just going to make Aaron Rodgers the enemy. And I think it's going to be a really fun game, though. I'm really excited to see it. It's going to be way more entertaining than Jets, Bills, or... (laughs) <laughs> You're not tuning in for that? <laughs> no, probably. Maybe for the chaos. I might we'll actually have to, there. actually. I might have to watch it. My girlfriend's a Jets fan. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, Hackenberg, QB3. I apologize to her. Yeah, she, You know, you can, she can leave at any time. I just wanted to let her know. She's got, you know, football refugee. We'll, we will, we'll take anybody. Oh, no, I'm, I'm trying. We'll, we'll see if we get her there. And, by the way, it'll be easy to do it because the Eagles line against Washington it's pretty pretty interesting. We'll get we'll get into that in just one second. Oh, I'm skip. Am I skipping ahead? Here? You're not skipping ahead. I'm just I'm just here to say that the NFL picks have been brought to you by the hottest app that is out there. It is Clip It, folks. How the hell do you not have this download already? We've been yelling in your year in your yapper in your ear for <laughs> for at least for at least a year. I almost rhymed. I almost nailed that. But uh, it, it is live television in the palm of your hand, from what you're watching now to going back to two hours. It is there, A&E, ESPN, CNN, the Pac-12 network, the Big Ten network, all of it, college football, regular football, it is all there, so you can share on social media, you can make 30-second HD high-quality clips for your blog post, for Twitter, for Facebook, whatever you're watching, something, catch it right there on live television, because we, we everybody knows they have those moments, you know Kenny Albert's going to slip up and say fuck on the air, and when you do... <laughs> You will have internet glory. You will have all the karma in there. So that's what it's there for. It's also a great way, again, to maybe sneak a little TV in there. You know, when when you when you're out, in, maybe you're you're stuck in a place you don't want to be. It is perfect for that. Clip it TV on the Twitter at Clip It TV, Clip It TV for more information for Android and in the Apple Store. Now, interestingly enough, as Vince has pointed out, much like our friends in Detroit. The line has shifted quite oddly in Philadelphia's favor, even though it was kind of already there if you're a gambler anyway. When you're looking at the open of Washington versus the Eagles, it opens at 2.5 in Washington's favor. What does it do? Bippity-boppity-boo. The Eagles are now a favorite by one point. I I love that line, first of all, but Vince... What's your gut telling you for this game? Oh, we're winning, baby. We're winning. We're breaking the streak. Bang, it's done. right there. It's done. It's over. I'm I'm done with it. There's no way that Washington is getting this sixth win in a row. I, I don't see it. With all the changes they've gone through, with all the, the changes that the Eagles have gone through, the way this team matches up, I, I don't care what the streaks have been and who's at home. I look at this, and I see an Eagles team that is, is ready to win. They're going for the playoffs this year. Washington's a team on the decline, and and we're taking a week one. I like that Lane Johnson was the Jimmy Rollins type this past couple of weeks with just saying he's putting down a gauntlet, basically guaranteeing a victory down here, and they should. Listen, Vince just said this. This team isn't that good. This team has never been that good, but for some fucking reason, they've been able to take care of business because through the muck of Chip Kelly and the, the transitions and trying to figure out who your quarterback and your right tackle, not having PEDs, like all that stuff matters. I think it was more of a case of like that and your old friends of Deshaun Jackson getting his touchdowns. They've been really close with this team. This has been a, 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 a you know just above 500 to below 500 team. It Nothing's really changed. And if you're really looking at the minutia of some of this stuff, 
They've gotten worse offensively. I, I feel like they're due to be embarrassed. I'm hoping that is, but I'm going to say 27-17 birds Ooh. in this one. I like. I like. I feel good about the Eagles in this one. 27-17. Uh, yeah. Let's go with. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 24-17. Yeah, I like that too. I'm right around that that aura. Seven, seven to ten point victory. I think I would be. That's that's fine by yeah, me. Yeah, I like your aura. You've got that good, you know, crotches <laughs> in the armpits aura yeah. going on, and I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm taking deep, heavy whiffs of it, John Parker. Mm, yes, ah, so, yes. So uh, that is going to be it for the preview show this week, and we hope you've enjoyed it. We've got another. I do have some final thoughts. Oh, final thoughts. Before we go, a little off topic here. Go for it. One thing. Well, first of all, just real quick on the Lombardi crap. I think it is hilarious that a dude just all of a sudden united the entire city of Philadelphia for Doug Peterson. And I, I listen, I understand like, hey, you can't make fun of our coach unless it's us type of thing. But I just got to tell you, you're all frauds. Every single one of you. I'm saying it right now. Lombardi coming out there and saying that Doug Peterson is the most over uh, underqualified coach ever. Guess what? He might have been right. And you thought, and if he would have said that against Cincinnati last year, all the people that wanted him fired, you would have been right there with him. So, no, this train's closed. The guy that's behind the microphone right now that has defended Doug Peterson throughout this little muckety muck. No, no, no. You stay on that side of it, right there, because you wanted him gone. You still wanted him gone. And I, I said, give it time. And now everybody suddenly wants to give it time. No, I say no, sir. I don't care. Who, who said it or what said it? Because you were thinking it all through last year, and now suddenly, oh, no, he's a good coach now, even though it was the worst process that we've ever seen in our lives, and I still believe that to that be true. That was awful. The, most, the worst head coaching process ever, and guess what? The Eagles might have lucked out and gotten a pretty good, decent head coach going into the season. We'll see that. Also, real quickly, I know you and John Marks talked about it yesterday. You got to be fucking kidding me if you think I'm paying $156 to read Philly.com the entire year. You can't make something free and then all of a sudden go, oh, look at what the athletics doing. We better do that too. Do nothing completely, do nothing different and then just charge people and expect it. Sorry, Philly.com. I respect all the writers there, but the people that are making the decisions are doing it terribly. Vince? Yeah, that's not going to work out. Uh, my final thoughts here, John, it's something that we've debated before. Zeke Elliott. I mean, the way all of this has gone. Look, say what you will about him being a crappy guy. I get it. Which he is. He is factual correct. So I, I've got no problems with that. He doesn't seem like someone that I would want to meet, frankly. And and that's okay. Because you know what? To see the league go through a witch hunt like this for their star players and continuously do it for the sake of we want to do it because we want to show the fans that we care. When you're doing it to impress someone else, rather than have an actual agenda, you're a failure. And that's continuously what they've been trying to do. And I saw Dominique Foxworth on ESPN today, and he had a magnificent point. This is beautiful. If the NFL really cared about this stuff, they really cared about the players, they cared about the fans, they cared about being a good representation of the community and helping the community, the same way that they're spending an entire year going after Zeke Elliott for something the Chargers were never pressed for, they should do the same damn thing for Michael Bennett. Same exact thing. The guy was arrested and put in a cop car 
for no reason other than being a black guy in Las Vegas. And if the NFL is not going to put anyone out there and they're not going to look into it and talk to people, then it it continues the the idea that they have no idea what they're doing. They have no actual direction. There's no moral compass. It's all a song, a dance, and a complete fraud, and and that's probably what it's going to be. As much as I will vehemently probably disagree with a lot of the Zeke takes that are out there, I do agree that like whatever is happening, I still think there is conduct policy outside of the domestic violence thing that they that you could easily pin Ezekiel Elliott on. All the other dumb stuff that he's done probably warrants all that. Uh, but this investigation in particular is again it's another clown show, and it and it just opens the thing that pisses me off is if all that stuff ends up being correct about. The there is a, a a big hole in the domestic violence stuff that they found, and there isn't a lot of credible evidence and all that. And you've opened the door now for every single case, every single domestic violence case that is true that should be punished. Opening the door to being like, well, she probably's lying now because that's the message you are also sending when you're doing this. If you are adjusting yourself. To opening, be like, well, PR, this would be good PR if we're really hard on this, despite what's happening. And they, and it turns out that they really fucked this thing up, and the NFLPA, and and fuck you too, NFLPA, by the way. Like, it is, this is two worst things about all this is the same, the same things that the people are saying about the, the NFL, they also should, should be saying about the NFLPA. And, and they should be protecting Michael Bennett in the same way. Both of them should be, and I did see the commissioner come out and say something that we're, you know, we're looking into it or whatever, and we're, we feel strongly about all this other crap. But like, well, where were you a year ago when the fucking guy that was kneeling about this entire thing, like, oh, this really opens our eyes, but it physically had to happen to an NFL star, an NFL player, and yeah, you can go back and forth about whatever the fuck you think is like, oh, well, he didn't comply or whatever. Dude, I, I, I can't believe some of those arguments that I heard today. The cop didn't have the body camera on. That's good for me. I'll take I'll take the NFL uh player's word over something. Like why why would you why would you want to make that up anyway? So uh it, uh it, I, I think it's uh, I think it's crazy. I hope the NFL gets their shit together. It never will. But, you know, we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, we certainly will and uh, Goodell's in New England on Thursday. So it's gonna be a curious thing to watch. And, uh, hey, we got our first week of Eagles football, Sunday at 1 p.m. So we hope you're tuning in for that. We certainly will be. Thanks for watching or listening to the pregame show. I am Vince Quinn with John Bartrand. We'll be doing this for you every single week. Again, look for the Beast Show, NFC East Show, coming out for our Patreon people uh, starting tomorrow. And that's going to be through the year as well. we got plenty of good stuff planned ahead, plenty of shirts that we're coming out with, so check the BGN Radio store. And, again, one more time, go Birds. We're getting the win this Sunday. Washington sucks. Washington sucks.